Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, this is Angela Yeager, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. Uh, We are taping live today from the Breaking Barriers Conference in Redmond, Oregon, and I'm really excited to have here with me Stephanie Hunter, who is a behavior support professional with the Opportunity Foundation of Central Oregon. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Angela. So, Stephanie, tell us how you became a behavior support professional. Well, I started um, working at an agency um, in a residential home as a direct support staff in 1999. <laughs> 1999. Okay. And, she uh, looks very young for those of you who are only who can only hear. <laughs> um, and so, in that agency, it was very supportive of people, you know, who had you know ambition and moxie. And I worked my way from you know DSP. I was a program director. I was a skills trainer for youth and uh, proctor care and um, a behavior specialist position opened up and I actually didn't think I was qualified for it, but I applied for it. So they knew I was interested and um, and I didn't get the job, but they knew I was interested. So later on, um, when there was an open position, um, I was able to become a behavior professional. And why were you, why, why were you interested? Well, I, you know, some of us are just lifers, I guess. Like I, I got the job in a residential home to pay my bills. I, I, I had to pay my rent and I, and my roommate was like, I can get you a job. <laughs> um, didn't think caregiving was gonna be, um, you know, my cup of tea, but I was completely wrong. I, from the first day I was like, this is great. And I learned more and more about employment and um, just all the different options available. And I residential was not the best fit for me. I'm more of a get out and go kind of person. So, um, so I started kind of working towards more active roles. Um, but the behavior piece, my, my, it's funny because my very, very first email ever, I opened an email account because I wanted to help people learn how to communicate that I supported. So um, I went to the library and I was like, I need you know something on picture exchange communication system. And they're like, we can email you. I don't have an email account. So I started an email account. My very first email is like a journal article on how to develop communication systems. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so right, right from the very beginning, your very first email that you ever had, that's incredible. So I, so you've been doing this work then essentially since 1999 yeah. or yeah. So, so for a while. So t- tell me about how your, your current job at Opportunity Foundation and, and what does your job entail? I actually, um, when I first started, I was um, the behavior professional for our children's residential home. Um, and I also did community behavior support. And now I primarily do community behavior support. Um, so um, not in agency support, but I work with families. I work with foster providers um, um, in family homes or in foster homes. So for people that are listening that don't know what that means, even though, what, so what does that mean to, to do community living support, though, or that, as you mentioned? Great question. So um, um, if someone has in their um, individual support plan um, positive behavior support hours, um, um, OR570, OR310, for our code people, right, um, then they can... Um, get that service from a a qualified provider who meets the ODDS rules to be able to provide that support. 
Um, so um, they, the, the service coordinator at the um, Developmental Disability Program would, how it works here locally is they send us an intake request. Okay. And then I'm actually the one who assigns those. We have a behavior team. And so I take the intake requests and manage the list, and then I help find goodness of fit and who might be the best person to meet the needs of a certain you know, family or individual. Interesting. So you have a whole behavior team, and are you essentially sort of the head of that team then? You said you take them the requests in and figure out who's going to be a good fit. Actually, well, um, I have a supervisor who supervises our entire behavior team. I do that part of okay. um, the you know, just the community stuff, not the you know, agency stuff. Yeah, this is fascinating. Have you heard about an employment outcome system? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS, website puts you in control. Go to OregonEOS.org and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So how do you how do you determine good fit, as you mentioned? It's a you know it's a good question. I mean we and and that's one of the things that we are all encouraged as behavior professionals to widen our scope, but also honor our scope. <laughs> so um, you know someone on our team is very skilled with people who are older, um, who have um, you know maybe certain diagnoses or life experiences. I would um, and th there is you know someone on our team who she she's like I would rather work with adults, kids or just not, you know, it's not my skill set. Right. I would never assign her a child. Okay. Um, so, so that's so then, um, or uh, teenage boys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that there's yeah. just, that's a certain skill set, right. just in general in life, right? Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, how in the terms of the work environment? Of course, this is employment first. How can behavior supports be used in the work environment? Um, you know, that is, um, and I, I want to say, I feel like it's an untapped resource, at least, and that's me speaking personally, because, um, and I was trained um, on how to um, organize work environments and help with um, positive behavior supports in that environment. Um, and I think that um, there's a lot that we can provide. One is just adapting the environment. So walking into an environment and being like, you know, that's gonna be a trigger, that's gonna be a distraction. Is there ways that we can reduce clutter, reduce noise, reduce triggers in this environment? Um, looking at safety needs, supervision needs, um, visual support. So how can we make this work make sense for this person um, to the way that they learn, the way that they, you know, think? Um, and then also just the social piece, because the goal is that you have less paid support and more natural support. Right. So um, how, you know, providing training for the coworkers or, um, or the paid support. So they're modeling that for the, the natural supports mm -hmm. in, in that environment. And the person is, you know, learning how to be, be a part of a work environment. Right. So to give people um, that are listening a picture, um, can you give an example of how positive behavior supports have helped someone on the job? You know, um, I have to be honest that I haven't had a, like, I have all this training <laughs> in, in organizing environments. And I, when I, I don't have an answer to, to that question and like, I don't have a anecdote, I guess, to share in particular. Um, but um, other than kind of generally, like if there's, um, 
you know, like I was saying, if there's a visual support need, if there's an environmental mm -hmm. need. Um, well, for instance, here at the conference, it, you know, this is a loud environment. There's, you know, 500 people here. And I noticed that they mentioned that they had a quiet space set up. So that's the kind of thing, you know, in the workplace, if you were, you know, looking at the person's needs, um, maybe they work in a very busy environment and they need a quiet space. Would that be something that you, absolutely, yeah, that you could help them with? And actually, thinking because uh, I'm also a foster um, parent for a young man who is um, transition age, and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of because um, he works at the school store. And um, he gets very, very distracted by media. And so over the Christmas season, they had a movies running mm -hmm. and he would just freeze and stop working. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things where I'm like, okay, when I'm thinking about supporting him when he moves into employment, like environments where if there is that distraction, how can we reduce it versus thinking, how do we, how, how do I just teach him to, you know, not look at that TV? Like, it's like, how do we make the environment support him? Because that distraction is going to be there, but maybe right. we can remove it, minimize it. Right. You necessarily can't remove the TV, but you might be able to, there, there, there might be some things to do. Yeah. yeah I would be, be thinking along those lines. I definitely couldn't. I'm a movie person. If there was a movie going at my desk, that would be it. That's all I'd be looking at. So I can relate with that. Do you work in Oregon's developmental disabilities field and need short, informative ways to stay up to date on the latest policies, trends, and news? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Policy experts, as well as case managers and vocational rehabilitation counselors, will be presenting information and news you can use. So um, you mentioned, you know, your foster son and getting ready to, you know, in transition services. And then you, I think you, you told me that you also have another child who's mm -hmm. going to be entering transition services at some point, possibly. Yes. So, you know, can you talk about early preparation for the workforce and what, you know, people, families might be, you know, wanting to think about? Yeah, well, you know, my daughter, um, you know, I've been um, planting that seed since she was really young. Um, I, when she was first diagnosed, I um, became involved in family networks. I went through this amazing training called Partners in Policymaking, which is just about how to change the entire landscape to be more inclusive um, leadership skills. So I've been really kind of raising her to see disability as an attribute um, not as, you know, but I also kind of want her to like own it as part of her identity mm -hmm. as well. That's so I've great. been kind of planting those seeds, um, that, you know, like strengths and gifts, you know, um, so I've been raising her with those values and she has been able to like, she's, um, she's a camp counselor at Camp Tamarack. Nice. Um, that was her first paid job last summer. And she's, great at it like i'm like oh my goodness and like, i think just keeping that on the table like you can do anything um but but you know don't um it'll hide your disability you know own, own it you know have it be you know it's part of who you are mm -hmm. um whereas my foster son i'm just starting to raise you know not raise him but he's just come into my home um so he um so i'm just getting started with him and the conversations at first were, you know, he was like, well, I'm going to work at the Opportunity Foundation thrift store, which, and I was like, that would be a great first job. <laughs> but then moving on, yeah, to other things, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've been mostly focusing with him on um, being that um, transition from high school to the transition program. A lot of the youth that I work with as a um, behavior professional, they, they're like, when I graduate, I'm done. 
and they are not ready for transition. They, you know, they don't want to transition. They feel like they're done with school. So I'm just keeping him excited about like the after high school you get to and now he that's his language now too he's mm -hmm. talking about making his he says his fat stacks that he's going to make at his job was in all the things he's going to buy with his first paycheck and nice yeah <laughs> yeah so you're getting him excited about that paycheck which yeah. is which yes. is really exciting so you've been doing this a while but um you still seem really excited and enthusiastic about the work <laughs> so what is your favorite part of your job I, I really, you know, helping people um, see see the strengths and gifts in, you know, their child or themselves. Um, and, you know, so much as there's something you get so much negativity and what you can't do. And um, I do a lot of reframing and conversations where, um, you know, like, you know, well, they're, you know, but they're really manipulative. I'm like, wow, they've got a lot of skills and, you know, seeing details. They're tenacious, per, you know, persistent. That's great. You know, that would that we could channel that into. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So so helping to reframe conversations, helping um, people see the best in themselves and their and their child. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on the podcast. Once again, this is the Employment First podcast. You can find us on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.